I could hear his phone ring. A long, plaintive wail penetrating through the cheap hotel wall, followed by a light buzz as it switched to voicemail. Angrily, I thrust my card into the lock and jiggled as the light switched from red to green and back to red before I could turn the handle. This is too mean, even for Gustav on a bad day. He should be opening the door, a slight smirk on his chiseled face. He should be calming my irritation with a stroke along my cheek and a kiss like a brush of wind at the shore. Never mind, I thought, as I pushed my weight against the flimsy door. This time, I would give him a piece of my mind. The smell was the first thing to hit. The second was either a closed fist or a hard bat. It was hard to tell from the crunch on the bridge my nose gave way. I spun away, fumbling for the wall, wondering if he had finally done it. It was a thick threat under every fight, always barely suppressed. It escalated us until we slammed into furniture, each other's jaws grasped and clenched fingers, pulling at skin and hair and buttons, zippers, whatever came within reach. A rough hand pulled my face towards the flickering lights. What is there? I, I don't know. I'm just a tourist. I don't, I don't know. Is he here? I asked in a daze. It should have been clear this woman was looking for Gustav, but somehow my thoughts were dragging their feet through sludge my brain swimming between my ears like a hungover chimpanzee. She pressed a thumb into the broken part of my nose, her face expressionless. Between eyelashes scrunched in pain, I saw her raise one brow in a perfect arch of disdain. Then I was alone in the corridor again. I stumbled into the room, trying to prepare myself for what I might find. In a corner stood our suitcase, which had been closed. Nothing else in the room indicated anything amiss. Nothing except the absence of the man I had spent the last four years, never quite knowing. Staggering to the bathroom, I poured water in my hands and lapped it up before splashing my face. A purple blue butterfly had spread its wings across my brow, and oddly, it made my gray eyes look nearly violet. The top button of my shirt had disappeared somewhere in the hall room floor. I returned to dig out a new shirt from the suitcase, trying to push thoughts of where Gustav could have disappeared to and who the strong, decidedly strange woman had been out of my head. Opening it up, I found myself looking down at a severed hand. Its fingers curled grotesquely in towards the palm, and the nails looked manicured, though it clearly belonged to a man, an old man even given the age spots around the bits of ragged wrist still left. I realized I should have been disgusted, but I merely felt a little sad for the hand, which looked decidedly as if it was missing its body. At least, I thought, turning away, it wasn't Gustav's hand. Had he put it there? Had the woman? I tottered, an annoying habit I had picked up from Gustav. He had done it every time he didn't know the answer to something, hiding his ignorance under the cover of annoyance at another's. He had done it last night at Emmanuel's dinner. <sighs> yes, I thought with a wave of relief. Emmanuel. Emmanuel would not know what to do, but at least we could not know what to do together. Manu, I called. Can I come over? Something terrible has happened. Of course, lovely. 
I'm still at the patisserie baking, but if you don't mind the hot kitchen. Never. I can have a bit of whatever you're inventing this time. I wouldn't know how to explain to him what had happened, but when I pushed open the large steel doors leading from the Art Deco swirls, curling into chubby cupids at the cafe corners, to the pristine marble counters of the kitchen, Emmanuel was bent over the red heat of an enormous oven. His broad shoulders shone thick with sweat, and his white t-shirt clung to the thick bands of muscle where the apron straps pressed into the cotton. The back of his black jeans was streaked white with flour and sugar, swirling like the columns in the cafe, up to support his perfectly sculpted ass. Every bit of him always looked as delicious as he smelled. For a moment I forgot about the severed hand, my bruised face, and just looked at my friend like I'd never seen him before. Oh sure, he and I had pushed dough into countertops at the village fed. And then, at college, we had collapsed in giggles, covered head-to-toe in frosting after a disastrous attempt to transport one of his more ambitious cakes from a truck to a wedding. Those times seemed like a lifetime ago, like sweet little peppermint memories floating on the black coffee of my life. Emmanuel looked over his shoulder and grinned at me, flickering an errant curl out of his eyes. He turned back and gave a great heave, bringing out an enormous steaming tray and setting it down on the counter. Peeking past his shoulder, I saw tiny swirls of white and brown dough teased into impossible peaks, crisp with toffee spiderwebs. He slapped my fingers, already stretched out to pluck one from the crowd. Ouch! Hey, I've been hurt enough tonight. His face was drawn from his normally cheeky smile into deep-set lines of worry. Taking my shoulders and drawing me into a warm hug, he whispered into my hair, What on earth has happened to you? Where is Gustav? What has he done now? Nothing, it's not him. He's gone, disappeared. There was some strange woman in our hotel room, and she hit me with a bat, or maybe her fist, I couldn't tell. A bat? Uh, not the vampire kind, the baseball kind. I explained in his surprisingly hard chest. Why, I thought, had I never noticed how built Emmanuel was. I tried to set the thought aside, when my cheeks flamed red and continued. I don't know what happened. There was an old man's hand in my truck. I think it must be something to do with Gus's problems at work. You know how cagey he was. I mean, how cagey he is, um, obviously. I realized that I knew Gus was either dead or never coming back. Everything had pointed to this moment over the last year, even when I asked why he had only packed one pair of pants for a week-long trip to Vienna, and he had said the hotel, cheap as always, would have a laundry service. It hadn't raised my suspicions. He had been cleaning his gun just before we left, and his suitcase was far too heavy to only contain a single change of clothes. I had been particularly gullible this time, even by my standards. I hadn't known until then, but Gus made me feel like an extra. A part of a story that could be done away with at a moment's notice. A secondary character to his primary. 
By contrast, Emmanuel seemed to focus on me. When he looked at me, I felt like the force driving his story. Manu ran his big, warm hands from my shoulders down my spine, and then back up to curl a finger into the wisp of hair at the bottom of my neck. I buried my eyes in his shoulder, savoring the comfort of darkness. His scent, like fresh bread and something a little astringent, lemons filled my lungs. My arms, which had hugged myself close to his chest, crept inwards. He loosened his grip so I could lean back and look up into his face. His nose was aquiline and his dark hair was tied back into a neat bun. My hands slid slowly around his neck as I focused on his lips, plush like the proverbial rose petal, strangely hypnotic on a man of his stature. They parted as he drew a quick intake of breath. Suddenly, his hands were pulling me into his body. They were spread across my back, and my mouth was pressed against his, a dance of lips at once curious and sweet. It was a kind of kiss that made your toes curl. It was heavenly, warm, just lovely. He drew circles at the edge of my mouth, like he was tracing the swirls of a cinnamon bun with his tongue. Pushing my fingers into his hair, I pulled him deeper into the kiss. I pressed against him, pulling my hips away from the counter so his fingers could dig into the flesh of my hips. In a single motion, he had pulled my thighs apart, gripped my buttocks, and deposited them on the cool steel surface. I slipped a hand around his belt and pulled, wrapping around him, feeling my skirt slide up, and the heat of the oven hit the back of my legs. I leaned back, pulling him into my kiss, inhaling the sweet smell of fresh whipped cream from a bowl beside our faces. Then Emmanuel pulled back, looking at me as if he were wrestling a beast. He inhaled deeply and immediately collapsed, from the mouthful of flour still floating in the air around us. I sat up and stroked his shoulder until his cough subsided. Straightening, my hand resting on his thigh, he asked, do you want this? I mean, are you reacting or is it? His brows formed a perfect bridge above his dark eyes, pupils dilated with desire and fear. I looked at him. My friend, the man I had always told the exact truth. Slowly I let myself relax, unwinding the desire in each molecule of my skin like a spool of golden string. I did. I wanted this man. This man who made me the center of his story. Who let me exist in his center and not his periphery. He had told himself to me as I had to him. Looking at his skin, his mouth, the slight trace of flour he had left in a line down my dress, I knew this man would be my main character. I leaned back with a yes. I knew. I pulled him towards me.